0: Welcome to another episode of A Cowgirl and Her Horse. I'm your host, Katrina. Before we get started, I have a quick favor to ask. Could you please go to your podcast app of choice and subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast? It just helps get the podcast out to other listeners and will ensure that I'm able to continue making episodes just like this one. You can also head over to... Facebook or Instagram and search at a cowgirl and her horse, I post all kinds of different just horse-related photos and things like that on there. So today I am coming to you from my basement where we have the fire going. It's nice and warm. For those of you who have been following me on social media, you will know that Mother Nature gave her all with winter this past week here in Alberta. I think it was last Wednesday, the temperature was below minus 40. Minus 40 is the same in Fahrenheit and Celsius, and yeah, minus 40. What happens at that temperature? Well, on the plus side, it doesn't snow when it's that cold. it just feels like the entire world is just frozen in time. It feels like the trees are just holding their breath. Everything is really quiet. I plug my truck in overnight um, so the block heater can warm up the engine. But it was still really hard to start my truck. I have a gas truck. Uh, my husband drives a diesel, and it was so brutal to start his truck. Diesels do not do well in the wintertime. Um, and, yeah, once you get it started, it takes forever to warm up those trucks. The door to my truck didn't want to close properly just because it was just so cold. Um, everything just feels like it's going to snap. You know, metal, plastic, everything just feels like it's... If you touch it the wrong way or like if you close the door too hard, it's just going to snap. The windows on our house were making creaking noises. I thought for sure I was going to walk into a room and find shattered glass and an open window at some point. because They're just making weird noises. Uh, The air hurts your face. You definitely don't want any exposed skin outside for an extended period of time period of time. Everything freezes, including waterers. (laughs) Our water, our automatic water froze again. Luckily, I had a backup of just a regular water trough. Uh, I snapped an extension cord by accident. It was just, it, it was horrible. And you can't do anything. Like, you know, I would love to be outside with Junior, but it's just freezing cold. Everything's just working on trying to survive. And the whole week was like that. Um, Junior was just out there in the cold. He had his thickest winter blanket on, but I definitely still worried about him. We don't have a heated barn or anything like that. So he had his shelter that um, could block the wind. I laid down a bunch of shavings in there so he could lay down on... soft surface that wasn't snow if he needed. Um, I made sure he had fresh water and lots of hay at all times. And then in the mornings, I would feed him beet pulp mixed with some mineral in warm water. So, you know, just to warm up his tummy in the mornings. And he made it through. (laughs) Um, This week, it's going to be much warmer. Thank goodness. Uh, The temperature has stayed right around the freezing point, so it's definitely tolerable. It actually feels really warm, even minus 20. (laughs) I hate saying this, minus 20 felt warm compared to what it had been. So yes, life in Alberta in the wintertime, not fun at all. I am so scared of what our heating bill is going to be like for January. I know it's going to be through the roof, so not fun. So for this week's episode, we are going to discuss keeping weight on a horse in the winter time. If you guys had to go through a week like we did, you can definitely understand the challenges of keeping a weight, keeping weight on a hard gainer. So it requires some work, but it's not impossible. So let's get into this week's episode. Winter here in Alberta can be hard on even the toughest horses. The temperatures can drop well below freezing, as I thoroughly experienced this past week. Uh, The wind can cut straight to the bone. Horses that are hard keepers often struggle their way through winter, regardless of what you feed them, and they come out of winter skinny and otherwise in just poor health. But it doesn't always have to be a struggle if you own a horse that's a hard keeper. There are many strategies that you can undertake to help a hard keeper thrive and not just survive through another winter. The average 1,000-pound horse burns guess how many calories? Anywhere from 13,500 to 15,000 calories a day. That's basically how much I would eat in a week. In colder weather during the winter, they can burn even as much as 18,000 calories a day in order to just keep warm. Uh, If a horse is not meeting its caloric needs, it's quite easy for a horse to drop weight they just start burning the fat on their body in order to survive. During the winter, you need to keep a very close eye on your horse. I know that it can be tempting just to toss them some hay and then run quickly back inside where it's warm, especially when the days are so dark. I know I've had trouble with this. My hands get really cold really fast, regardless of what kind of gloves I wear. You know, it's very tempting to just, yeah, toss them some hay, get chores done as quick as possible. But you need to keep tabs on your horse. Every now and then, run your hands over their barrel. You should be able to feel their ribs as you run your hand along the center of their barrel. If the ribs are obviously... Predominant, and you can feel every single rib, then your horse is too skinny. If you can't readily feel the ribs, then your horse is getting on the chunky side. So, and you should also take a look at their hip. You don't want to feel like you're pressing on bone when you push on the point of their hip, Um, you just want a slight layer of fat there. If this is not the case, then you need to adjust what you're doing with your horse accordingly. So first off, I just want to discuss what makes a horse a hard keeper. Why are some horses able to put on fat just by looking at a hay bale while others seem to always have ribs showing, even when they're not old? Uh, The most simplified answer is that whether a horse is a hard keeper or not is a result of their metabolic rate. A horse with a faster metabolic rate is going to burn more calories even when he's just lounging around, compared to a horse that has a slower metabolic rate. You've seen this before. Everyone knows of some teenage boy who could eat two loaves of bread and a dozen eggs and still be skinny as a rail, while a woman in her mid-30s swears that if she eats more than 1,200 calories a day, she's going to gain body fat. This all comes down to metabolism. The teenage boy has a fast metabolism, while the 30 something woman has a slow metabolism, which is often the result of yo yo dieting, but I won't go into that here. The point being, you could have the same situation with your horse. Your horse could be that teenaged boy who can eat everything in sight and still be skinny. At the very basic level, your metabolic rate. Is the rate at which your body burns fuel, whether that be the food you eat or stored body fat. If you have two identical horses, but one has a faster metabolism than the other, the horse with the faster metabolism is going to need, going to need more groceries just to live. So, as a general rule, thoroughbreds tend to have faster metabolisms. Um, You know, that's why they're all, I don't it's very rare that you see a a chunky thoroughbred in comparison to a quarter horse, which there are plenty of chunky quarter horses out there. If you have a running bred barrel horse, they may also have a faster metabolism than, say, your reigning bred quarter horse. Horses that are nervous or flighty, also tend to have faster metabolisms, being anxious and nervous and moving around like horses do, it requires a lot of energy and therefore increases their metabolic rate. When a horse does not have access to sufficient calories to support their energy needs, the body starts to break down fat stores and muscle tissue in order to meet its energy requirements. If this continues long enough, you will start to see the results of this visually. Your horse will lose weight; they will lose muscle definition, uh, and in this case, the situation or the solution, sorry, is easy: up how much you're feeding your horse. That being said, metabolism isn't always the culprit, or it might be in combination with other things. If that's the case, then you need to search a little bit further to figure out what you need to do. My first suggestion would be to have your horse's teeth checked. Uh, A hard keeper may simply not be able to eat properly and therefore can't put on weight or maintain weight. When I got my wisdom teeth pulled, (laughs) it was incredibly difficult to eat. I lived on very liquidy milkshakes, but actually oftentimes I just didn't bother to eat because it was too difficult for several days after I got them pulled. The same thing may be the case with your horse. You never know what kind of hooks or whatever else could be could have developed in your horse's mouth and are now causing them pain. So teeth issues can eventually lead to mouth ulcers on the cheeks and tongue, which is incredibly painful. I can hardly stand the odd canker sore that I get. I can't imagine having an ulcer in my mouth. If it is a struggle to eat, your horse may like just lose a desire to eat like I did when I had my wisdom teeth pulled. And the result is weight loss. It's... Good practice regardless, like just all horses, you should be having their teeth checked either by an equine dentist or a vet who has dental experience on an annual basis at least. Make sure that any issues that are starting to crop up are taken care of immediately before your horse is in serious pain. Um... I will elaborate a bit more on forage in a bit. I will just say right now, another strategy for a hard keeper would be to provide them with a bit of a richer food supply, like alfalfa. Assuming that your horse's teeth are okay, providing a richer source of forage can definitely help your horse's situation. If you have a horse that's a hard keeper, um, an easy strategy is, like I said, up the groceries, and you can do this by providing 24-7 access to forage. Think about a child. If they have immediate access to food all day, what are they? What are the chances that they're going to consume at least some of what's available to them? Very likely. The same is true of a horse. Horses have evolved to forage all day. The fact that they now typically don't have that sort of access in modern conditions is not really serving them well, to be honest. If you don't provide, um, if you don't provide constant access to forage, there's a few things that can happen. Um, the one thing that comes to mind for me is that because the acid of a horse's stomach is so strong, there is a potential of stomach ulcer development on a horse that can't um, graze all day. As riders of performance horses, our horses are already at an increased risk of stomach ulcers due to the pressure we put on them. So this is definitely an issue. And if at all possible, provide your horse with constant forage, whether that be hay or pasture. I have found for this, that slow feed hay nets are a really, really good strategy for this. I can put a whole square bale or a round bale in a net and then just let my horse go to work on the bale. With the square ones, they're really great. He has to work for it. You know, he'll do a little bit of pawing and stuff and moving the bale around in order to get the hay out. So it gives him some exercise, but it just ensures that he has constant forage all day. Um, okay, so I know that I mentioned alfalfa. I should say nutrition is critical for your horse's health and to keeping weight on a hard keeper. If you look at your hay, for example, you have no idea what the nutrient profile is. I can just go and look at a bale of hay and tell you what's in it. There can be huge gaps in your horse's nutrition because of this. In contrast, if you are mixing different supplements and feeds, you actually might be overdosing on certain minerals and nutrients. This can definitely be an issue, especially if your horse is a hard keeper to begin with. Fiber is going to be your horse's main energy source. Fiber is the main component in hay and grass. And as a horse owner, you should strive to ensure that the majority of your horse's diet is made up of either hay or grass, depending on the time of year, of course, and where you live. You should not expect your horse to live on grains and supplements. They're called supplements because they're supposed to supplement shortfalls from the main components of the diet your horse was not designed to live on grain and supplements that's not how they have evolved that being said for a hard keeper fiber alone is not going to allow them to maintain or if need be gain weight but it's definitely the first building block you want to make sure you have a good base of forage in your horse's diet when choosing fiber sources for your hard keeper, you need to keep in mind digestibility. You want to choose fiber sources that have the highest digestibility possible so that your horse is able to get as much as possible out of its feed. But not all fibers created equal. There is digestible and indigestible fiber. Young plants that are harvested prior to maturity are going to have more digestible fiber than would some, like an older grass, for example. Fresh green grass in the springtime is going to have a lot more digestible fiber than grass would later on in the summer. And that's why horses tend to put weight on so easily in the springtime. Is because it's super digestible. Unfortunately, we don't always have access to spring grass for our herd keepers. In the winter, most of us are feeding hay, which has a lower digestibility than spring grass would, but it's not not all is lost. Like I said earlier, feeding alfalfa is a great option um, when comparing Alfalfa with grass haze, alfalfa is going to provide your horse with more energy, more calories. Again, this is where you need to test your hay. You need to take it in to um, get it tested, see what the nutrient profile is. Um, If neither hay or pasture is available as a fiber source for whatever reason, consider feeding things like beet pulp soy hulls, wheat bran, or alfalfa cubes. I have been feeding beet pulp in conjunction with hay, and actually I've had to stop feeding beet pulp because uh, farmers weren't able to harvest it this year, so I've had to switch to soy hulls, which is just as good, if not better. And I feed that not for the extra fiber for my horse, but I actually feed it soaked in warm water during the winter has a way of just warming up my horse's tummy in the mornings during those really cold mornings. Um, beet pulp is actually about eighty percent digestible, so it makes a great option if you need a fiber source for your hard keeper. In comparison, hay has around a fifty percent digestibility, as in general. Of course, it's going to vary from hay bale to hay bale. If you find that your horse is still not maintaining weight with forage sources, you can also consider adding a starch, such as a grain. This has kind of been the traditional method of putting weight on horses. Growing up, if we had a skinny horse, the solution was always to fill them up with oats. While this is an efficient way of putting weight on a horse, It should be done with caution because starch can be hazardous for horses. When a horse eats grain, it's broken down into simple sugars in the small intestine where it's absorbed into the bloodstream. And there there it can be distributed throughout the body. If it's not needed by the body, then those simple sugars are going to be stored by the body, which causes weight gain. That being said, if your horse is overloaded on oats, he's not going to have enough enzymes to break that starch down into simple sugars. If that's the case, the starch is actually going to move further along the digestive system into the large intestine where it's going to start to ferment. While this creates another energy source for your horse, It is less than if it was digested earlier in the small intestine. Additionally, the pH in the hindgut is going to drop with this fermentation process. And that's going to decrease your horse's ability to digest fiber and produce energy, which is exactly the opposite of what we want for our hard keepers. So if you're feeding starch in high quantities, then... Your best plan of attack would be to feed the forms of starch that are most easily digested by the horse. This would be things like oats um, or steamrolled or cooked barley. I will also say that you need to be careful when feeding, when you start feeding large amounts of starch. Some horses can be really sensitive to it a horse that is sensitive to starch will have issues digesting it. When this happens, it ferments as i said, pH is going to fall in the hindgut causing an acidic environment. This acidic is going to, acid is going to kill off bacteria and when those bacteria die, they produce toxins which could trigger colic and or laminitis. In other words, be very very cautious when Introducing uh, a starch and in increasing its quantity. Good thing to talk to your vet or um, a nutrition horse nutritionist about. And another option if forage isn't cutting it is to um, consider the fat content of your horse's diet. Uh, traditionally, fat was added to a horse's diet in order to bring on... A shiny coat and you know just make them look nice. But recent research has shown that fat can be a great energy source. Carb, carbohydrates and protein have four calories per gram. Fat has nine calories per gram. So this can actually be the golden ticket for a hard keeper that needs to put on or maintain weight. Um, fat is also great because Unlike a starch, like, you know, oats kind of have the tendency to make horse hot. Fat doesn't really do that. So um, when looking at fats, we have two options. We have vegetable or animal fats. As a general rule, I would suggest staying with vegetable fats. They tend to be more digestible and also more palatable to your horse. You know, they just taste better. Some common vegetable oils include corn oil, rice bran, linseed, sunflower seeds, full-fat soybeans, and coconut meal. Um, Corn and rice bran, I would say, are the most popular ones. Um, uh, With rice bran, though, I would say you just need to be careful because it can get rancid if it's not um, stabilized properly. So a high-fat diet is going to be invaluable for your hard keeper, assuming that they are able to digest it properly. The way that you can ensure they're digesting it properly is to introduce things slowly like you do everything else. If you notice that their stool starts to become loose, then you know that they're not digesting it properly. And... Um, I guess I should just say that regardless of what change you're making to your horse's diet, just make it very gradually. Horses are very sensitive and a major change could cause extreme havoc on their system. Um, So I would say your best bet is to feed a highly digestible fiber along with some dietary fat and possibly a starch in the form of a grain if needed. But... All that being said, I'm just going to say that you need to find an equine nutritionist. Many feed companies will provide equine nutrition consultations free of charge. Either way, it is definitely worth getting your horse on a personalized feed program, particularly if they are having issues. Um, I also just want to talk about stress with your hard keepers. We're learning more and more about how stress can impact the body. In people, it can lead to all sorts of diseases and other issues in the body. In horses, it can do the exact same thing. If you have a horse that is a hard keeper and is also a horse that you're constantly hauling and training and all that stuff, then I think you definitely need to evaluate whether your horse is capable of handling the stress that you are putting on them. Do you need to step back for a bit? Is the horse even cut out to be the horse that's constantly on the road? Some horses just aren't gritty enough for that kind of a lifestyle, plain and simple. When a horse is under stress, oftentimes the last thing they want to do is eat. What do they do instead? They pace, they move around, they whinny, they make a bunch of noise. They basically burn more calories and put their body into fight or flight mode. A horse that can easily become a horse like that can easily become underweight if it's constantly in a situation like that. If this is your horse, you definitely need to consider how you can lower their stress. Uh, you could cut back on how many days a week you ride. You could be more selective in where and how often you compete. You could find a buddy horse with to haul with. Whatever you need to do to reduce that stress to a more healthy level. Another thing I wanted to touch on is blanketing. As I mentioned above, a horse may burn even as much as 2,500 calories a day more trying to keep warm in the cold to help with this you might want to consider blanketing your horse if you are unsure if you should blanket then check out episode eight of the podcast i discuss in that episode exactly when you should be blanketing i will just say here that if your horse is old if it's really windy or if it's super cold then blanketing definitely would not hurt Just be sure that you are not putting a blanket on a wet horse. Uh, Be sure that the horse is dry so you're not trapping that cold underneath. Another thing to keep in mind for your hard keepers is water. I know that it can be difficult to keep water available for your horse during the winter. Last year we had a horrible time. In February, temperatures were you know, around minus 40 every single day, all month. One day I went outside and our automatic water was empty. I panicked. (laughs) Why was it empty? What was wrong with it? How was I going to fix it? It turned out that uh, water had gotten down below and had frozen the pipe. And so water wasn't able to come up. Uh, the water bowls themselves, where the horse's drink out of, were warm, but they were empty. Uh, I ran back to the house. I got buckets full of water immediately so that my horses could drink. Um, and then we had to get it fixed. So we had a heck of a time getting it fixed. Um, we ended up having to steam it with a Hydrovac truck to thaw it out. Um, that did the trick for a while. It froze again. We thought maybe something electrical related was wrong with it. So we called an electrician. He fiddled with it for a bit. That seemed to fix it. Uh, We actually bought a lizard heat lamp (laughs) in a pet store, put it inside the water to keep it warm. Uh, We wrapped it in a quilt that we bought from Walmart to wrap around it, keep the heat in. Again, it worked for a while until it didn't. Uh, I think we had the HydroVac out there three times last winter to thaw it out. And finally it stayed thawed out because February ended and it was warmer out. So determined to never be in a pickle like that again. This year I bought just a regular steel water trough and a water heater. If push comes to shove, I have this water source for my horse. Why did I go through all that fuss? I mean, can't horses just drink snow? Or eat snow? Sorry. <laughs> Yes, they can, but not if you want them to be in optimal condition. Horses need water to digest properly. Without it, the risk of colic goes up substantially. And the last thing that you want is to put your horse through colic surgery. If your horse is a hard keeper and they don't have access to water, that could very well be your problem. If a horse knows that they don't have access to water, they may be inclined to eat less because digestion is going to be more difficult. So whatever you do, keep water in front of your horse. End of story. If you have more questions in regards to that, I will be releasing an episode soon about um, specifically your horse and water. So stay tuned for that. And hopefully that helps you out with your hard keeper I know we are kind of in the middle of winter now, and your horse may already be underweight, but you can definitely implement these changes now and all year round to ensure that your horse will be in the best condition possible. Alright everyone, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard and got some value out of the podcast today. If you did, I'd love if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. Also, be sure to check out A Cowgirl and Her Horse on Facebook and Instagram. You can also head over to anchor.fm to leave a voice memo. Ask a question, leave a comment, or just say hello. Lastly, be sure to check out acowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals for all sorts of exclusive offers and to get 10% off your entire order at horse.com. Thank you so much for listening and remember it's always a good day to ride.